Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Varel Coast to Coast. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast with our lead NFL analyst, the great Warren Sharp. Hey, Warren, I want to go back real quick before we hit this uh, Vegas-Seattle game. I just want to get your reaction to uh, Robert Salah having uh, benched Zach Wilson. So yesterday I said on the show, uh, you know, he was playing that game like, you know, uh, we'll let you know. Uh, We haven't made our mind up yet. We're going through all the logistics of it and, you know, all the rhetoric that he blew the smoke at everybody. But we knew after what we saw and his reaction, Wilson, after the game was so pathetic and immature, it really was. It was like, it was really weak. And he was like, I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you blame whoever you want, but it wasn't me. And I mean, every guy on that team knows that that was the worst thing that kid could have done. And at that point, I said, there's no way they can play this kid. There's no way they can play him again uh, or at least start him again this week. No way after that. And then they played this game where they weren't going to tell anybody what they were going to do. And then today we found out White was going to start. It was inevitable, wasn't it? I think it was. It was inevitable. And I'm excited to see Mike White here. I think the defense is going to be excited to see Mike White here. I think one of the issues with Robert Salah is he's a defensive-minded coach. And he doesn't need, with this defense, the way that he feels he has them at this point in his tenure, uh, he doesn't need a quarterback to go out there and put up Josh Allen numbers. He doesn't need Patrick Mahomes numbers, though nobody's going to complain if they could get that. What he can't have is just utter incompetence at the position. And what's wild to me is, as a rookie, Wilson averaged 55.6% completion rate. It was the worst in the NFL, 55.6. Guess what he was? This season, 55.6% completion rate, an identical completion rate, which is, by the way, the worst in the NFL this season. And I'm using such a basic statistic as completion rate. We've got all these other better statistics now that we use, but completion rate is just so elementary, but it's so important for a quarterback to just complete a pass so that we can move the change, move the sticks, stay on track here with the offense. Get the ball to somebody because if you're not completing a pass, you're getting at least zero, you're getting zero yards, but you could be taking a sack, right? So you could be drawing a penalty if you can't complete passes also. So the issue for him is like in, in throwaways and intentional groundings and things of that nature. 
he can't even complete a pass right now. It is a good time to sit him. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Mike White. Um, they still feel like they're in the playoff hunt. So let's see what they can do with Mike White here. But absolutely, I agree with the decision to move uh, Wilson to the bench and let somebody else have a shot. I've never seen uh, in my life, I've never seen a team have two yards of offense and a half in the NFL. I've never seen that before. My question, lastly, on this issue is, because I said yesterday, this kid, if they bench him, he's going to run to his agent like his mommy and say, I want out of New York. I'm, I'm the number two draft pick. I'm not, I'm not sitting on the bench. I want out. Do you believe he, because I think he's immature to begin with. Uh, I think he's just a little a child. So do you feel that he's going to handle this well? The, the benching because he got benched. That's, I mean, they can sugarcoat it any way they want. He ain't playing. Yeah. Well, he wasn't handling being the quarterback well either, right? The failures that he did have when he lost a game. I mean, he acted to me at least like the wins were probably his because of stuff that he was doing, but when they lost, it's a team thing. Right. And he'll take the credit after they win a game. But when they lose, then it's got to be a team thing, even though he plays terribly. Whereas other quarterbacks, you see them in their postgame pressures like Josh Allen. They come in and take all the blame for themselves. I don't know if he's going to go and demand a trade or anything like that. I think that would show even more of an issue, a red flag for him if he were to do that. Um, let's just play this thing out right now. We're not sure. It certainly looks like the New York Jets made a very big mistake in drafting him where they did. Uh, but Salat at least is saying right now that I might give him a shot later on in the season. This is not a permanent move to the bench. He needs to work on some mechanical things. And once he gets those in check, and, and he'll get to a point where he might be able to start for us again. So we'll, we'll see if that ends up happening. My hunch, though, is that as long as they can win, and they're playing a bunch of bad defenses like the Chicago Bears, as long as they can win, he's staying on the bench. When it gets to a point where the season is done for, then they might stick him back in, see if he's improved some of these mechanical things and, and can look like a potential, let's give him the third year here. Uh, otherwise, I don't know, they might cut bait or try to do something else, try to move him to a different team. Wow, that's crazy, right? So we welcome our radio affiliate, SiriusXM, Sports Map, Sports Byline. It's Coast to Coast. We're talking to our lead NFL analyst, Warren Sharp. Raiders and Seahawks up in Seattle. What do you think? I think this is a great spot for the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks have the upper hand on both sides of the football. Love betting against the Raiders off of a, of a big win. A nice big overtime win for them. They feel real great about themselves. That is not a good football team. It's a bad team. They don't have a good uh, coaching staff. And I think that they're going to run into some troubles when they go up to the Pacific Northwest. There's supposed to be a little bit of rain up there. So pay attention to the forecast before you go and bet overs on a lot of different props. But I think the Seahawks are going to be able to stop the run and run the ball better than the Raiders will. I trust Geno Smith a little bit more with his weapons than I do Derek Carr with his. I think the Seahawks are able to get this done on the short line at home. Yeah, I thought the uh, Broncos uh, played some just fantastic defense, particularly against Adams in the overtime when they decided that they weren't going to guard him at all yeah. and let him do whatever he yeah, wants. Yeah, that was fun. And, I mean, that, that was the worst defense I've ever seen in my life in that overtime. It was unbelievable. More with Warren Sharp. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so uh, we continue on with Warren Sharp, our lead NFL analyst on Coast to Coast on this pre-Thanksgiving Wednesday. Hope everybody's traveling safe to their families and friends, and you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, Baltimore and Jacksonville down in Jacks. We start with that one, Warren. Yeah, so I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Love the guy, love the way that he plays. The problem is he's not playing very well right now. And, you know, he obviously is going to bear some of that burden, some of that blame, averaging 6.1 yards per pass attempt over his last six games. He's taken 17 sacks over that span uh, and just 63% completions. But here's the reality. Since that point in time, since week six, their number one receiver is Demarcus Robinson, and their number one running back is Kenyon Drake. You know what these two guys have in common? They both were on the Raiders and cut by the Raiders last August. Like just a few months ago, they were on the Raiders, who are a terrible team, and they were so bad they couldn't even make that roster. They were cut, and the Ravens picked them up. So these are their leading receiver and running back right now. Uh, It's a problem. They don't have a lot of talent at these positions right now, so they're trying to work with what they've got. They go down to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's off of a bye. I love Doug Peterson. Uh, He hasn't gotten the most out of Trevor Lawrence, but off of a bye, maybe they can work some magic there. Teams have had some funny things happen to them when they've gone down to Jacksonville. We saw it with the Buffalo Bills. We've seen it with the Indianapolis Colts. Certain teams that should be able to get a win go down to Jacksonville, especially later in the season, and don't walk away with the win. And part of the reason is it's harder to score points down there for whatever the reason. I got some numbers here. Since 2018, games in Jacksonville with a total of 48 or lower, the under is hitting at a 70% clip. 19 of 27 games have gone under. Um, and when they host a team that has a winning record over the second half of the season, these games are going under at even a higher rate uh, than that. I think this game does absolutely play towards an under here. Um, and I think that the Jags are going to be able to stop the run just enough as long as they contain Lamar Jackson. They should be able to contain Kenyon Drake. And I love the Ravens defense here. I would lean towards the Jaguars if I'm taking the side on the uh, spread but at plus four. But I like the under in the game a lot more. Wow. Uh, Keep that in mind, folks. The under. Did you hear those staggering stats 
of what happens to teams in the second half when they play in Jacksonville. It's under City, baby. Uh, Tampa and Cleveland in the dog pound as Tom Brady takes his uh, bucks on the road here to Cleveland. Two weeks ago, I sat here, Scott, and I talked to you about Akeem Hicks and the difference that he makes for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense. I talked about how he was so vital when he was with the Chicago Bears. And I even had some Tampa Bay fans come into my mentions afterwards and talk about, you're overstating the the, uh, impact of Akeem Hicks. It's not going to make that much of a difference. He doesn't play that much. And then we just saw them absolutely shut down Kenneth Walker and the Seahawks run offense and completely limit the run game. Akeem Hicks is a massive difference maker on the ground for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He missed a lot of time this season. They move from an NFL average run defense all the way to the best in the NFL when he is playing. Now, last week, they, the Cleveland Browns played the Buffalo Bills. And if you looked and you, you had Nick Chubb on your fantasy squad or you bet some of his props, you're looking at how the heck did he only have 19 rushing yards on 14 carries last week? What was that all about? And the reality is, on the first drive of the game, the Cleveland Browns lost their starting center, Ethan Pochich. He's out with it. He went out with an injury, and he's going to be out this game. And that team's rushing efficiency went downhill dramatically. They averaged only 2.7 yards per carry for all running back runs, minus 0.68 yards before contact. Both of those were obviously the lowest that they've produced on the season. Now they're going up against the number one run defense in the NFL with Akeem Hicks there. That is going to be a problem. It's also going to be windy here. Pay attention to weather, especially games in Cleveland. Uh, Maybe the rain ends by the time this game starts, but we will see some wind, and that's going to emphasize the rushing attack here. And guess who's got the number one run defense? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we just discussed. Guess who's got the number 32-ranked run defense? The Cleveland Browns. Uh, So I do think that there are some advantages here for the run game when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the ball. So Cincinnati goes back uh, to Tennessee where they won in the playoffs against the top-seeded Titans last year at Nissan in Smashville. This is a regular season game, but the Bengals are coming off a nice win over the Steelers in Pittsburgh and the Titans. They've been winning every week, and they've been covering every week. Yeah, I mean, look, Mike Vrabel, he is the best in the NFL when he's made an underdog. He has the best ATS win rate. He has the best outright win rate. You're not going to want to fade him too often. This is a small one-and-a-half to two-point line in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. This is playoff revenge, although the Titans are trying to downplay that. Titans offense isn't as close to being uh, what it is now as to what it was last season when they took on and lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they're without Jamar Chase right now. And though he is practicing, I have not yet heard that he's going to be cleared to play. Remember, recording this and sharing this with you on a Wednesday, so we don't have quite the same information that we normally would when we do this on a Thursday. But pay attention to whether Jamar Chase could possibly go in this game. But as of now, I'm handicapping this one like he's not going to be able to. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they decided not to use as much too high shell last week as we expected them to. They used it at an over 50% clip. I shared some stats last week on the fact that teams that used too high at over 50% right. are undefeated against the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh used it below 50% for some reason last week. Uh, I'm excited to see this game and this battle, but I'm absolutely not willing to take a stand and bet against Mike Vrabel. Yeah, you know, I mean, this team, they just blow my mind the way they uh, win, the way they cover. They're unbelievable. I think it's going to be a great game. Houston and Miami at Hard Rock. 
Yeah, Houston might be going to their backup quarterback, although Lovey Smith isn't saying so. Um, I think this is Miami's game to, to, to win easily, but I'm not willing to lay the number. What I am looking at doing is possibly taking the Dolphins' team total in the first half over. I think they come out, they usually play much slower in the second half especially when they've got a lead. So you got to be careful when you're betting an over involving the Dolphins and just think, oh, well, they'll, they'll keep scoring. They, they tend to take their foot off the gas pedal. And the Dolphins play the San Francisco 49ers next week. Mike McDaniel going up against Kyle Shanahan. Might start looking forward to that if they're up in the fourth quarter here. Uh, so if you want to take them to score some points, probably best to bet the Miami Dolphins either lay the number in the first half or take their team total over in the first half. How about uh, Denver at Carolina? We're going to see Sam Darnold. This game is as ugly as it sounds. I mean, Russell Wilson versus Sam Darnold. There's no wonder, no, no reason, obviously, or it's no wonder why this total is as low as it is. I don't even want to watch this game. I certainly, when I ran my computer <laughs> model to see what the total was going to be, it's projecting a total slightly above this because it's like, how can a total be set at 35 <laughs> points? in 2022 but i'm not willing to bet the over here i think both these quarterbacks are absolutely terrible i don't want anything to do with expecting points to come out of this game <laughs> you're telling me atlanta and washington at the dump in landover yeah this game is a perfect game in my opinion for washington and we saw we i, I told you on the show last week scott how from a sports betting perspective, it was a letdown spot for Washington to go to Houston. And so some people might have saw value and took the Houston Texans. The problem was the matchup was terrible. Houston wants to run the ball. Washington's got a great run defense, and then they can get after the quarterback on these third and obvious passing situations. The same thing is going to be true this week. I think Washington is going to have some success themselves running the ball against this Atlanta defense, but Washington's going to do a good enough job slowing down the run attack of the Atlanta Falcons and then getting pressure on Marcus Mariota. I do see Washington winning this game. The problem is you could have gotten a three several days ago. Now it's up to four and a half. No interest in laying the four and a half at this point, but I would lean towards the Washington Commanders here because of the matchup and where their strengths are and where the Atlanta Falcons' weaknesses are. Uh, I think Atlanta got lucky last week to escape with a win over the Justin Fields-led Chicago Bears. So the Rams take on the Chiefs at Arrowhead, and now Stafford is out. McVay has ruled him out of this game with a strained neck. We'll talk about that and the remaining games with Warren Sharp. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Know your prey. This is a whole new jungle. This is The Lion's Share. Brought to you by BetMGM. Hey, you know, uh, the lion's share brought to you by BetMGM coming up here. And you got to have BetMGM. And you can get in the World Cup Bracket Challenge. Customers can participate in BetMGM's completely free-to-play game for a chance to win $250,000, the grand prize with a perfect bracket. Jesus. The top point accumulator will win a guaranteed fifty grand cash. So there's a great chance to win a prize even without a perfect bracket. Additionally... They're free bets given for every group stage winner, you guessed correctly. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. All right, uh, Warren, here we go. Rams and Chiefs at Arrowhead. Stafford's not playing. There's a bunch of other injuries. And you said offshore you saw it at 16. We thought it was 14 and a hook yesterday. Now 16. I am running away from that. I don't want any part of that. Yeah, just moved there after some books took the game off the board with Matthew Stafford being officially announced out by Sean McVay. But there's other injuries at play here as well. Starting center, Brian Allen has a thumb injury. Tyler Higby, their tight end, he's got knee swelling. They're both out of practice today. Allen Robinson is being limited with an injury. Ashawn Robinson, their starting defensive tackle. He tore his meniscus. He's going to need surgery. Um, so they're dropping like flies, and, and they might be starting to hold out some guys as well. Uh, look. It's going to be difficult for this team to have Bryce Perkins actually efficiently play quarterback behind center. And the reason is simple. Think about Sean McVay's offense and think about who has played quarterback for him there with success. It's Jared Goff and it's been Matthew Stafford. These are pocket quarterbacks that are diagnosing the defense before the snap. He's in their ear. He, they are getting keys on where to throw the football. And they're trying to get the ball out quickly, precisely, accurately down the field. Perkins is not like that. He holds on to the ball. He's trying to make things happen, running around. The problem is the offensive line is such a disaster. And we saw it last week. Even a team like the Saints, who had one of the lowest pressure rates of any team in the NFL, were just getting through that line and getting on Perkins like a sieve when he was the quarterback there. And he wasn't getting rid of the ball quickly. It was sack after sack after sack until they were up by such a margin that they felt comfortable just playing prevent and allowed – the Saints to drive the ball down the field into field goal range and kick a field goal to bring the game to seven. I mean, Perkins is going to be problematic, but that's why this spread is now 16 points, which is absolutely insane for an NFL game against the defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, it is just too crazy for my blood. Speaking of the Saints, they play the Niners at Stonewash Denim Jeans out in Santa Clara, Cali. Niners, Saints, what do you think of that one? So, I mean, don't blink, but Jimmy G leads the NFL in yards after the catch per pass completion, which this team has done basically every single year since Kyle Shanahan has been there. Uh, This is such a 
well-designed and well-executed offense, even if it wasn't Jimmy G there. This team is leading the NFL number one in 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, and 22 in yards after the catch per completion, making life easier for these quarterbacks. But Jimmy G is actually playing really good football right now. And I absolutely believe that they're going to have some success. As I mentioned before, the Saints struggle to get pressure. This line for the 49ers is playing a lot better than the line for the Rams. I think the Saints on the road are going to struggle to get pressure on Jimmy G. I think he's going to be able to execute this Saints defense. Top five in the NFL when you throw the ball 10-plus yards down the field. Bottom five when you throw it within 10 yards. That's all that the 49ers offense wants to do. Short to intermediate passes and create yards after the catch for the most part. I think they are going to have enough success to do that. I think this 49ers team is going to be able to put up some points on what I believe is an overrated Saints defense. Now it's going to come down to, does Andy Dalton score some points? They obviously are working in um, Taysom Hill a lot more. He played, I think, like 47% of snaps last week to add a different element there. They're going to need everything they can get because most teams go to San Francisco and don't score a lot of points. But I do see the Saints being able to put up enough points here. I would lean towards the over in this one. So uh, Sunday night, Pack and Eagles at the link in Philadelphia. The Eagles are laying six and a half in this puppy. Yeah, this line was seven, but the problem is betters have come in on the Green Bay Packers, and the reason is simple. This Eagles team is struggling to stop the run right now, and when you're struggling to stop the run and you're going up against a Green Bay Packers team that can run the football, you're opening yourself up for some long, time-consuming drives by that opponent who can then finish with points when they get down into the red zone. The key here is the coaching staff of the Green Bay Packers needs to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers as to what this game plan is going to be to attack the weaknesses of the Eagles defense before the game starts so that everybody's feeling good about let's go out and execute this. Far too often I feel like this guy's pointing fingers at that guy after the game and something happened and they're not happy about it. And just like let's get on the same page beforehand. Uh, But I think the Eagles are probably going to walk away with a win. They certainly did not impress last week against the Indianapolis Colts for a variety of different reasons. But that Colts defense – has been playing pretty good. I know we're going to talk about that game in a second here, uh, but I would lean to the Eagles to win the game, but I certainly would not be betting them on the spread here. And there is a chance if this defense is struggling, uh, especially without Avante Maddox, for the Packers to put up some points here potentially and send this game over the total. I mean, uh, what did you think when you saw Aaron Rodgers go from that big win to looking so ugly the very next game? I wasn't that surprised, actually, because the Tennessee Titans are a great defense. What was a little surprising is how they brought that on the road in such a short week, but uh, and they were down a lot of players at different levels of the defense. But Mike Vrabel is such a good defensive coach. It has these players doing exactly what he wants them to do, uh, like, a, like a little puppet master. is getting them in the exact right position every single time. Uh, it takes a lot of discipline from your defense to do that. So it wasn't that surprising that Aaron Rodgers struggled here Um, I I thought they might try to get a little bit more out of the ground game, but the Tennessee Titans are just so good against the run, which is the exact opposite of what the Philadelphia Eagles are. Obviously brought in a couple of guys to help stop the run, and when those guys were playing last week, they did have some success limiting the Indianapolis Colts on the ground. Uh, So maybe that that will make the difference here for the Eagles to shore up some things in the ground game, but we have to see it first. 
Carver High, did you hear that Metallica drop there by Warren, the master of puppets, right in the middle of a Thanksgiving special? How do you like them apples? All right, Colts and Steelers in Naptown, Monday night at Lucas Oil. I'm greased up and ready to go. I'm flying into Indy for this Monday nighter between the Colts and my Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you imagine? Somebody's got to pay to go to this game, uh, <laughs> Warren, and it's me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hoping that you're going to see a Steelers win because I like the Steelers. I took the Steelers Ooh. at plus three earlier. Look, I think that this comes down to one simple fact. Jeff Saturday wants his team to run the football. Look at the run defense of the team that you're playing and handicap the game based upon that first and foremost. And when we look at this game, we look at the Indianapolis Colts when they've played a below average run defense. They are three wins, two losses, and a tie. When they've played average run defense, they split one and one. When they've played a top 10 run defense, they are 0 and 3. And now they're going up against the Steelers, who rank number seven in run defense on the season. However, with TJ Watt, they're even better than that. And if you look at the teams that they've played and the running backs that they've gone up against when TJ Watt was there, they held Joe Mixon in the first meeting to three yards per carry, Alvin Kamara to 3.3, and Joe Mixon in the last meeting to 2.9 before he got injured. Those are great statistics running the football. We also know that Matt Ryan has massive pressure splits. When he is pressured, he ranks number 29 in EPA per attempt, but when he's clean, he ranks league average. I think the Steelers are going to be able to limit the run, force the ball into Matt Ryan's hands, and then be able to get a little bit of pressure on him to limit the upside of their passing attack. Then it just comes down to Kenny Pickett. Can they operate this offense efficiently enough? Can they get something out of the run game? Remember, the Colts have a very good defense. They are a top 10 defense right now, playing well on that side of the football. I see a lower scoring game, but a game that, I, in my opinion, is a true coin flip and I've got the better defense playing better with T.J. Watt, I'll take that any day of the week. Um, I think it's worth grabbing the points with the Steelers here. So uh, that's fantastic news to my ears. Uh, do you feel that they knew that it was going to be this much of a struggle this year, no matter what, because they were going to give Kenny to reigns? So they knew they were just letting this season offensively go and try to calibrate everything on defense, pass, rush, stopping the run, special teams, try their best to be a 500 team. They knew they couldn't win with Pickett this year. Don't you think it's been a good proving ground for him? I think it's been fine. Like, I won't say he succeeded expectations, but he hasn't fallen well short of them. It was going to be a season of change for them after so many years with Ben Roethlisberger and this bad quarterback class. We weren't expecting some stud to come in here and all of a sudden take them to the promised land, you know, go 15-1 and one like Ben Roethlisberger did, I think, his, his rookie season, something like that. Uh, there were going to be uphill battles, especially when you lose T.J. Watt after the first game of the season, and so naturally your defense is going to take a hit uh, from there. We need to see improvement here from Pickett. They're getting better on the ground out of their bye. They're able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. Uh, so I don't think that this is like a totally lost season for the Steelers. I like some of the things that they're doing. They just got to shore up that defense against a team like the Colts. You know, they're not going to throw the ball over the field like Joe Burrow was able to do uh, last week to, to move the ball down the field. I don't know why the Steelers played as little too high as they did. They went below that 50% mark that I indicated. Uh, they don't need to play those types of games against Matt Ryan and his limited passing attack of the Indianapolis Colts. Just stop the run and then get to the quarterback as you're doing some run blitzes.
Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I can't wait to see how the AFC plays out with all these teams that are six and four besides the, you know, division leaders in the four divisions. There's a lot of, you know, jam-packed traffic at six and four. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'll see you a week from Thursday, Warren. Have an excellent Thanksgiving, my man. Great job today, as always. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, we bring Carver High back in and we dive into the new college football playoff poll rankings. Yeah, absolutely, as this is the final regular season weekend of college football before we get to the conference championships next week, Scotty. And here is your new college football playoff rankings. Top four unchanged, of course. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. Some changes right behind them. LSU is now in the five hole. USC in the six spot. Bama, Clemson, Oregon, Tennessee round out the top ten. But it's the top six for me right now, Scotty. I don't think uh, it goes beyond any of those teams. Clemson would need some weird stuff to happen, I think, to be involved. Yeah, and I got to tell you, you know, it's interesting for me to watch – you know, obvious, you know, that LSU has to beat A&M in College Station and Notre Dame has to go to the Coliseum in Lipstick City and beat the Trojans. If those things happen, then anything is possible after Ohio State beats Michigan's ass tomorrow or Saturday in Columbus at the Shoe. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much what it comes down to. And if those other things do happen and the, and the game is close, we could see the loser of that game be able to hang around and possibly get one of those spots. But it is the game. Saturday high noon East kickoff. Michigan and Ohio State. You just saw they're 2-3 and three in the college football playoff rankings. Michigan beat them a year ago, Scotty. 
at the big house. Ohio State coach Ryan Day does not forget. Here he is. Well, I think you're you're shaped by whatever's happened in your past, and uh, we have scars, and it uh, motivated us all off season. So uh, we've worked very hard to get to this moment right here, and now it's time to go to go uh, prepare the best we can, and that's um, what we're going to focus on, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Go play the hardest game we've ever played, and um, you know we'll, we'll find out where we're at on Saturday. Yeah, listen, uh, I think they have a distinct advantage, and that's, uh, you know, I don't believe Blake Corum's healthy. Uh, Michigan counts on him to carry the load. I'm talking 80% of it, uh, of that offense, is about Blake Corum. I don't believe a guy that injures his knee the week before the game is going to be that effective. I know this much. He takes a couple of hard shots if he plays. He's done. So you got a bad knee and then somebody trucks you, uh, you're going to have a real bad knee. Listen, Ohio State in Columbus already, in my view, off of the jump is seven points better than Michigan before they even kick the ball off. When you play in Columbus, and I would say, frankly, if it were the other way around, I would say Michigan's four points uh, out of the gates at the house. Uh, They would be a four point before they kick off uh, you know, head to head, I think they both have an advantage playing in their stadium. And I think Ohio State's is bigger. I think it is a near impossibility for Michigan to go in there. I really do and beat them with a crappy quarterback. And I said it, he's crappy. I, I just don't think he's good enough to go in there and beat that team, which is loaded with five stars at every position. And they're relatively healthy for the most part. I mean, and Jigba and all these guys that haven't played, they've moved on. They, they, I mean, it's been the Harrison show. And I think Stroud wins the Heisman on Saturday by, you know, I think they're going to beat Michigan's ass. I think they want them like no other. I mean, they want that game more than they want turkey dinner tomorrow. They don't even care about mashed potatoes and gravy. By the way, mashed potatoes and gravy may be one of the great delicacies of our existence on earth. Uh, it is a must have. There is no question about that. I'm not going to deny uh, that's for sure. I think that they're going to get smoked also. Uh, smoked. I-, I don't think that we're going to be talking about Michigan next week still having a chance to be uh, in the mix for the college football playoffs. Seven and a half is the number. 56 is the total. You heard it there. This is all they've cared about. For 365 days. Like all these other games that they've played this year, it's all just leading up to this game. They want another crack at the Wolverines after losing last year. I think they make it happen in a big way. Big way. Yeah, I, you know, I'm weighing the seven and a half. I think they literally win the game by 17 or more. I I think they're going (laughs) to do them. And I think Michigan's really good defensively. I think that they can answer the the call of this game. I think they're up to the challenge. I just think, frankly, they have deficiencies on offense now with Corum being injured. I mean, we already saw it last week. They're lucky they beat Illinois. I mean, without him, they just were ripe for the picking. They certainly were. Another big game Saturday night in Los Angeles as the Irish 
Come calling for the Trojans out at the Coliseum. Let's go. USC still very much alive, Let's as go. you saw, to get in the college football playoff, but they have to win their last two games. Notre Dame looking for their ninth win of the season after a miserable start and a potential shot. And it would not potential. If they win, they will be in a New Year's Six Bowl, being in the top 15 in those rankings. Notre Dame getting five and a half. At the Collie, 64-and-a-half is the total. That's heavy for a Notre Dame game. And if it's the way that I think Notre Dame is going to try to play this game, Scotty, they're not going to let USC run all over the field and score points left and right. I don't think the Irish are going to let that happen. I don't either. And, uh, look, I think it's going to be a lot like the Clemson game, at least defensively, for them. Uh I honestly don't believe that uh, Caleb Williams is going to go off on Notre Dame. In fact, uh, as you know, let's just uh, get right to the finish line here. I'm on the Irish in the five and a half. Not only that, no respect whatsoever at all given uh, to Notre Dame in this game. They are literally plus 180. I will take your 180 and I will drink your Mm. rum and I will sleep with your woman. Give me the Irish to win outright in L.A. It will be a fantastic holiday weekend uh, if the Irish go out to Southern California. Let's go, Carver High. Crack a cold one. We'll have to to crack a couple Guinness uh, late night on Saturday if that comes through. Uh, The mud will be flowing after an Irish win on Saturday. Uh, USC is in the Pac-12 title game. Who are they going to face? There it is. There you go. That's the fight song we want. There you go. I will say, though, that USC has way hotter cheerleaders than Notre Dame. Yes. Nobody's going to dispute that. I won't do it either. We have, of course... Oregon and Oregon State. Oregon wins. They will face USC in the Pac-12 title game next week. But they have to go to Corvallis first, where they will be splashing around with the Beavers. The Ducks and the Beavers splashing around in Corvallis. Minus three for the Ducks, the road favorite. 58's the total. Give me Bo Nix and the Ducks on the road in Corvallis with the facial. Getting involved. On the streets, Bo Nix, a big game up top, going aerial, post, vertical. Let's go, Ducks. I am on uh, the Beavers, Scotty, oh. to win out, outright win Whoa. for the Beavers in Corvallis Whoa against down. the Ducks on Saturday. Oh, yeah. The Beavers, they've been good to me all year. Uh, I hope they're going good to be, be good to me one last time. Different team at home. Pound the rock. Beat up Knicks. They're going to get the win. TCU, they know what they need to do. Two more wins, and they will find themselves in the Final Four where they sit right now. They are home, Fort Worth, for Iowa State to finish off the regular season, laying a big number of 10. Seems like every single TCU game has been close this year, Scotty. Every single one. But Iowa State sucks. Yeah, except this game. So you know what this is? This is a party, like a Marte party. What they're going to do is <laughs> they're going to win by two or more touchdowns, and they're going 
to the college football semifinals. That's what that is. Iowa State, they're just in the way. That's all they are. You're in the way. So this is the finisher. Bring in the closer. Enter Sandman. You know what time it is. Mo Rivera time. Let's go, TCU. Drop the 10. Woo! Let's go. I'm with you. I'm going to drop the 10 with TCU as also. Also, 47 and a half is the total in that game. Uh, let's go through a few others on Saturday. Number one, Georgia. We know the deal. Next week, they'll play LSU in the SEC championship. They have Georgia Tech coming off the win against North Carolina. A fat number right there. I mean, you're talking some heavy lumber for the Bulldogs in a rivalry game. Clemson also big rivalry game against South Carolina, who's coming off a massive win against Tennessee. The Iron Bowl, not as much juice this year with Auburn and Alabama, but some fat wood there for them to cover. And, of course, the old oaken bucket between Indiana and Purdue in Bloomington. A tradition, Scotty, unlike any other, whether the teams are good or bad. You have Purdue and Indiana on Saturday. The old oaken bucket. Give me the Hoosiers and ten and a half. Ooh. And you know, Indiana, 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 Give me the 35 and up. South Carolina, give me the points. And Bama against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Why not? Give me the points there, too, with the Tigers. Woo! I like Indiana outright. They're taking the bucket in Bloomington this what? year. They are going to what? beat Purdue. They'll what? give Tom Allen a four-year extension after he beats Purdue on Saturday. <laughs> They'll give Tom Allen an extension after he wins that game. As long as he, he keeps that one. bucket on the shelf uh, for another year. There you go. Uh, here's some more for you. Wake Forest and Duke. Pretty good game in the ACC. Duke has been good this year. I like Duke to beat Wake Forest in Me this too. game. Michigan State visits Happy Valley. LSU goes to College Station where... Jimbo's just like, thank God, I only got to play have one more football game this Saturday before I can end this miserable season. Tennessee goes to Vandy, 14 and a half, no Hendon Hooker after losing to South Carolina last week. No quarterback, uh, not a Conchata. Give me Vandy in the points. LSU, roll up a blunt. They'll get it done against that candy-ass A&M. Penn State is going to whack Michigan State, because they're all going to prison. And I'm with you on Duke. I like the Blue Devils at home outright over Sam Hartman and the Deeks. I got a few more games for you when we come back uh, to close out the hour. Some night games for you on Saturday night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We got another grid of games here uh, to talk about in college, Carver High. Uh, we certainly do. Let me give you some of the night games. Kansas, Kansas State uh, will be an 8 o'clock East kick in the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, as the Jayhawks are still drunk after they won that sixth game, they haven't played well since. They're catching a fat number. There in Little Manhattan, Pittsburgh and Miami. Miami actually, Scotty, can go bowling if they can get a win over the Panthers at Hard Rock and finish six and six. The Apple Cup, late night, ten thirty p.m. Eastern kick on the left coast. I can't wait to see the weather in Pullman. The Cougars are getting two from the Huskies, and BYU and Stanford both finish off disappointing seasons late night. Will there be anybody at the game, Scotty, in Palo Alto? Uh, for the tree no. and the Cougars. Uh, no, I want nothing to do with those two miserable teams. I literally don't even say their name to me in basketball or football. I want to bet on neither one of them ever again as long as I live. I like Penix and the Huskies at uh, Pullman. I like Pitt to win at Hard Rock. They're playing way better football than Miami these days. And I think Kansas State will beat Kansas. It comes down to can they cover to 12? I got to be honest with you. I you know, your rivalry side says no way do they cover 12. But the reality is, right. is I do think Kansas State is 14 points better than Kansas. Uh, absolutely, especially since Kansas State probably will still be playing uh, to get themselves into the Big 12 title game next week. I think Pitt, and I've lost, I mean, I've lost so much money on Miami this year, I can't believe I'm doing it. But I think the Hurricanes give you a spirited effort Saturday night in Hard Rock. Yeah, I, have I no thought that last week against it. Clemson. I, I thought that last week would have 20 piece, uh, and that didn't work either. I'm done with it. I mean, this guy, this guy, Cristobal, can't finish off his first year with a little win at home against the Panthers down there. Give him something to cheer about. Uh, Kansas uh, did agree with the extension with Lance Leopold. Dion is talking to USF in Colorado. Don't do it. He's better off where he is. Both of those schools <laughs> suck. He'll get killed at both of them. Yes. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.